Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you for tuning in again. Uh, today we actually have a very special episode. It's another uh, interview slash ballad episode of a dear friend of the show and a dear friend of Logan's, um, Luke Stark. He's a cool dude. I met him actually for the first time the other day, and I'm glad to have him on. Logan, yeah. did you want to? Yeah, so Luke, I mean, we've known each other since, what, kindergarten, first grade? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a, been a long time. Um, I still remember, you know, obviously we went to elementary school together, but... You know, middle school, you went to MSA, I went to Buffalo. So, after fifth grade, like in middle school, I didn't really talk to you. Then I remember uh, freshman year, obviously my freshman year, I was at Southeast, and I was, you, were, you were at Palmetto, and I came to Palmetto sophomore year. But um, I remember we had a field trip. It was like the freshman-focused field trip. Remember that? Barely. It was, Barely. It was, it was freshman year, and it was like all the freshmen from, from every school in Menifee County met up at the convention center, whatever. And then I remember... You know, obviously, you know, you were hanging out with Mart and Thane and everybody, mm-hmm. and I remember I was, ha- I was ha- hanging out with them, and then I see this, this redhead kid with a beard yeah. walk up to me, and I'm like, yo, like, who are you? Do I know you? And I, <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait a second, are you Luke? And it was like, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I did happen to grow a beard from, from middle school to high school. <laughs> you know, shit happens like that, but yeah, I mean... I, I barely remember, but I do kind of remember. I was like, oh my god, Logan. Yeah. I mean, it was three years since yeah. I saw you. But, but Luke, I mean, you're a huge anime guy. You're a huge baseball guy. So, mm-hmm. you know. We're a combination. Yeah, so <laughs> we're really just going to talk about, you know, what got you into that. And, you know, obviously, we don't talk about baseball much in this episode. But, you know, you're well-versed in that uh, that area. So, you know, add some, add that aspect to our to our podcast. And, you know, whoever is listening and interested in that in that topic, you know, Give me an episode for them. So um, I guess to start off, you know what you know what got you into baseball, what got you into anime. Just you know, how did you get into stuff like that? Uh, I'll start with baseball first. Okay. Baseball, um, it's kind of just it's a family thing, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad played baseball up in New York, and then it was kind of just it's just part of the family. I mean, my brother played, I played. I probably started playing when I was like eight. On like the little like machine toss where like they put the ball in like a little like it's like a slingshot and then they kind of just like throw it at you. Yeah. So I mean I started there and then I mean I played all throughout little league probably like almost everyone else played high school ball um, and then senior year of high school was when COVID hit so mm-hmm. yeah that that I didn't get to finish that season but you know um, I I probably played baseball for ten years wow. total. I mean, it's not like they're, like, pro years or anything, but, like, you know, I, I played and was, like, physically active for yeah. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching baseball, like, like intently probably since, like, 2015. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's been, like, eight years. So that's also uh, – because I'm, I'm a Mets fan. And okay. 2015 was when the Mets went to the World Series and then lost, and then they were good for, like, one more year, and then they sucked. It's a little so, rough right now. Uh, yeah. Uh <laughs> we could talk about that later, but <laughs> but yeah, um, just it's in the family. I mean, I've been playing it forever. My family watches it. I watch it. It's just you, you kind of fall in love with mm-hmm. it. It's a very romantic type it kind is. of sport. It is Big, graceful. It is it's grace- very graceful. Yeah. Um, for anime, as weird as it is, probably just like everyone else who who probably was around this time, right when COVID hit, you kind of just get bored, right? right. I got a little too bored and just decided, let me try this show called Naruto. What is what is this? What is this about? I've heard about it. And then, you know, three months later and you watch 800 episodes. Yep. And uh, that's pretty much what started the journey. 
You uh, never looked back. No, I mean, yeah, what, no, what never looked do during COVID oh. besides just watch shit or go outside and fish, whatever. Yeah, I mean, COVID, COVID hit me. It was just like, I'm so bored. <laughs> it was like my freshman year of college, too. So I'm like, I have class once a week and I do an assignment once a week. So I had it's online too. Wasn't yeah, it, it was yeah. online. So I had literally seven full days of doing nothing, and I was like, "Oh, let me just watch as much Naruto as I can." <laughs> I mean, this is interesting. Yeah, why not? Oh yeah, you run through like fifteen episodes a day. Yeah. It was terrible for for <laughs> for my eyes, but I mean, got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's where it started. You mm-hmm. mentioned you're going you're going to school. Obviously, would you want to? Tell the listeners out there what, what you're going to school for and what your dreams as a, as a person is. Yeah, uh, I'm going to the University of South Florida, USF. Go Bulls. Yes, sir. Um, I'm in the education program, so I'm, I'm going to be a teacher. Uh, it's important. We need teachers in this, mm-hmm. in this world right now. Oh, big time. Everywhere needs teachers. Big shortage on teachers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. What <laughs> got you into teaching? What, what caught your eye there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just hated this one teacher so much. It was, it was really out of spite. I, I pretty much told her to her face back at MSA. I told her straight to her face. I was like, I could do a better job than you. And she didn't like that. I got detention. And then, ironically, I was like, I bet I probably could do a better job than you. And then it was just kind of, it kind of flourished from that. Okay. So definitely, <laughs> funny, but it was that definitely out of spite. What exactly do you want to teach? I know we talked about it off the mic the other day, but for those who don't know you. Yeah, uh, big history guy. Okay. Big history. big history guy. I like, I like European history, like like Roman stuff. Um, some stuff during like the 1600s, 1800s. You know that area is cool. Yeah. Um, and then if I can't do like European stuff, I am, I like some parts of American history. Some of it's kind of just boring. It's the same stuff that we've heard for like what 15 years our whole upbringing yeah Yeah. a whole upbringing so like it kind of gets dry but there's like some points where like teachers aren't supposed to talk about Mm -hmm. some things in american history that are actually really cool or stuff that's censored yeah yeah there's stuff like that like once you get to college they kind of just don't care anymore because they're like you're an adult you should probably like you know know what you're gonna find this out yeah yeah like a small anecdote guy cool guy named john brown you'll never hear about him in any kind of formal schooling, K through 12, because he was like, he was a terrorist, but like, one of the coolest dudes in American history, probably, that no one talks about, but he was like, a big abolitionist, that means like, he hated slavery, mm-hmm. so he decided to like, kill a bunch of slave owners, and then like, try setting the f- slaves free, and then pretty much the entire South, like, killed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they sent like, a whole platoon of like, soldiers to come and fight him after he decided to like steal like an armory wow so i mean you just never hear about that stuff but that's like the small stuff in history that like you want to learn about Mm -hmm. because it's interesting but they never teach you i feel like you as a history teacher you be that teacher that tells the kids stuff that you know they need to hear that the school doesn't want them to hear you know you you was even like cooler today i was in i had history today and my teacher was i have a a cool history teacher and he was Mm -hmm. talking to me about it was we're doing a 9-11 thing Mm -hmm. and i've never heard a teacher talk about the possibility of it being an inside job. Mm-hmm. And he was actually teaching us about how it could have been an inside job. And I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, that's like to see it, you know, from both sides, not just a one sided story. Like he was, telling it from, yeah, he was telling it from all sides. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I like a teacher like that. You know what I mean? Like just giving it how it is. Yeah. History, it's, it's a matter of perspective. So, right. I mean, it, there's 
we don't. There's no fine line story to oh, anything. It's the winners, the it, winners, the story. winners write mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, we don't know. I'm not gonna say that you know 9/11 was or wasn't an inside job. I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I have no clue. Yeah. But none of us here really know. Yeah, yeah. no. We can like, speculate. Probably, you probably never know. You'll we'll never know. But but I agree with what you said. It's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. The winners write history. I mean, you look back on it. A lot of stories and like. So you, you like Roman history and stuff of that nature. Oh, yeah. um, the Romans were, I mean, they were tyrannical and they're also... Con- they're conquerors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also geniuses in their own way with the running water and stuff like that. And I don't know, I, we, I know you heard us talk about the show Spartacus, but uh, Marcus Crassus, the guy that was sent to hunt down Spartacus, uh, Spartacus um, he always talked about it in the show. I know it's just a show, but granted it's about history and this mm. topic, but he always talked about how, you know, you're going to try to do your best, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to write history. I'm going to be the winner. I can tell the story from my my eyes, and it can be my story, right. but the world will accept it. I mean, it's just interesting to think about that kind of stuff. There's another movie called Da Vinci Code with mm-hmm. Tom Hanks um, talking about the Holy Grail and the, the, the theory on uh, Jesus Christ's bloodline and his family and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's really cool you're going to go into history. There's mm-hmm. so many unturned it's stones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. Yep. And um, what exactly caught your eye in a European history that like you were interested in more than anything? Oh, it's it's just so rich with, I mean, every kind of. I'm trying to think of a good way of saying this, but like anything modern that like we know of, yeah, like in the world, anything would probably stem from some sort of European history. Yeah, same thing could probably be said about like African history yeah. because I mean Af- Africa is the like origin of. Like, yeah, humanity. It's the motherland, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Europe, I mean, you have the Renaissance, you mm-hmm. have almost every major war ever before it's 1900. Kind of yeah, I mean, thousands of years of civilization. You have the Neanderthals. You you have the first real civilization of, of Rome was in Europe. I mean, there's so much history in Europe because they advanced faster than anywhere else in the world, technologically, ideology. Uh, they they were so bright for their time, mm. and it's like, well, how did we get there? And the, those are still questions that we don't know. Like we don't know how to recreate Roman architecture still. Aliens. Yeah, like it. Those are just things that like we see it and we're awestruck. We're like, how did people right. two thousand, three thousand years ago learn to create concrete this strong? Aliens. But what's even crazier <laughs> is for the majority of human existence, you know, we were you know we were rocks and sticks. Yeah. But in mm-hmm. the past. 200 to 150 years, we've come farther in those 200 to 150 years than we have Ever. in 10,000 years. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, human, it, it's kind of like um, a flat line and a massive jump. Yeah, it's like an exponential graph exactly. for all the math nerds. It's slow at the beginning and then it picks up very quick. Extremely fast. And, and you most think that's technology or? I mean, tech, yeah. I mean, but it's also just. Envir- like you learn from your environment mm-hmm. and you know Europeans I mean the environments are so different like you have mountainous areas you have like the cold winters you have the super hot summers in like Sicily and everything like that. like there's so many different terrains and different kinds of environments that you learn from your environment I mean mm-hmm. most of Africa's mostly flat mm-hmm. I mean there's not a whole lot of variation so you can only do what you can with your environment well when Europe is a mix of five or six different kinds of environments and you can learn okay well you know birds do this when they migrate from here to here you know well what does that tell us 
compared to, you know, in Africa where, like, the weather is pretty much going to be the same almost year-round, you know, and, like, there's not a whole lot of variation between those central and then coastal countries. So, I mean, there's just, there was so much to learn in Europe because of just the variety of, geographically speaking, but also just in the way that humans advanced technologically wise i mean technology advanced so much quicker in europe because there were just more access to raw materials up there that were obtainable and that's kind of what promotes technological growth is materials right Mm -hmm. um like humans have had tools for forever or not almost for forever but like for i mean humans have known how to use a stick to like kill animals or like a rock whatever for a long time for a very long time yeah because i mean Humans aren't going to be able to rip the jaw off of a tiger. No. No. So like, you have to use tools. That's what makes humans so much different. And, work, and they have to work together. Yeah, they have to work together. Absolutely. And we have these and thumbs. Yeah, we have thumbs. Yeah. Opposable, <laughs> opposable thumbs. Opposable thumbs, yeah. So like we have to. We have all these small advantages, but like we're not as strong as a tiger. Yeah. We're not as fast as a cheetah. We're, we're not, smarter. We're smarter, mm-hmm. right? So humans learned how to use these tools. And then when you use tools in different kinds of ways, you discover things, right? Mm-hmm. The first guy to discover iron, I bet, had no clue what iron was. Literally yeah. Minecraft. Literally <laughs> Minecraft, yeah. So with a wooden pickaxe, you use the wooden pickaxe to mine the stone, then you get a stone pickaxe, stone to get an iron. But I agree with you. Up. Some, yeah. some areas of the world seem to have advanced like faster throughout history because mm-hmm. like they learned from the earth mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah. And like again, materials-wise, I mean, Africa is rich with materials, yeah. but I mean, when you look like... Throughout history, they've still remained in kind of a tribal mindset. Well, you know why? And they don't work together. The religion is a major key there, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like when you look at Europe and stuff, like you can actually sit down with your next door neighbor in your nation, like na- your nation neighbor in a sense. Mm-hmm. And Africa, I mean, there's a civil war in Sudan. There's always problems in Libya. I mean, it's it seems to be not only a political mess, but like also kind of a mess in society's terms so i feel like a lot of that you're talking about you know raw materials and you know how europe fast europe excelled a lot faster than say african african nations and african nations have been along for a lot longer but i feel like it's also due to a lot of outside control mm-hmm. yes. a lot of a lot of almost all of those natural resources and raw resources came from africa and they were just stolen to europe yeah, if you really think about it. I mean, with colonization and stuff, which exactly. is a massive part of what area of time you want to study, like that 1700 to 1800 mark, like, yeah. the world was colonizing everywhere, right? Yeah. France but, and... Yeah, but, like, when, when... Absolutely, when we're colonizing, when Europe is colonizing all the different, you know, North American territories, African territories, South American territories, and even parts of Asian territories, yeah, colonization and taking resources from there was huge. But, I mean, they had to become a powerhouse yeah. before then yeah. to oh, be yes. like, let me take your materials. But uh, then they excelled. Once they yeah, well, yeah. yeah, they just, they, I mean, they were able to use the materials yeah. that they had so efficiently because they had such a, a great amount of, of, of variety of resources, right? Um, great understanding of how to use all the resources. Great understanding of how to resources, yeah. Like, because think about some of, like, the materials that are in... Africa, right? It's a lot of like rubies, gems, diamonds. You can't get any of that stuff before, like, it got exactly like in Minecraft, like, you need simpler tools right. before you can extract rubies from the earth. Mm. It's kind of hard to, you know, turn a, a diamond, like a little pebble this big, you know, into something that's like usable as a tool, right? So you need something 
more simplistic, right? And that's what helped that graph line. Of the, the, yeah, because yeah. they didn't go from zero to one hundred. Because you know, Africa has a ton of resources, right? But they didn't have the resources to get to those resources, mm. which is what Europe had. Europe had iron. It had wood. It had all the the main features to create living environments, tools for survival, um, um, and really they had they had resources like water and um, um, food resources and, and all these other basic necessities th- basic necessities for just general ease of life that Africa didn't yeah. really have they still don't water and food is still a problem Scarcity. over there yeah. yeah I mean there's not a whole lot of rainforest in Africa anymore either there used to be a lot but that was before humans but mm-hmm. sure. so I mean I in some regions of Africa there still are but I know exactly mm-hmm. like there's it's still vastly yeah, just a desert continent there's a large humongous Sahara Desert just right at the northern part of Africa that takes up like I think it's like 15 countries 20 countries it's huge wow it's huge so like yeah there's a lot of rainforest but like if you're in one of those countries that like right dab in the middle there's the Sahara Desert Mm -hmm. you'd have to go all the way south to go collect your wood which also by the way Africa very warm very tropical gonna be very wet kind Mm -hmm. of wood hard to cut hard to like burn and yeah. then you got to send it all the way back up to the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of travel. Yeah, it's a lot yes. of work. It's a lot of work. So that that's and also Africa very big. Europe kind of small. Yeah, I mean you can kind of be like if I need to go and get resources from France and send it to what would be Germany. I mean they have that it's right there infrastructure as well, and that's one thing that you just said it perfectly. Africa is way too big mm-hmm. for any of those nations to be able to afford to make. You know, railroads or they don't have no highways. They don't, like they don't that, have yeah. that kind of money um, to do that, and that, I feel like that's a disadvantage off rip. They but. could. So I, I have a question. So we're talking about that graph line about how you know started off slow and spiked up exponentially. Do you think we'll ever see a time, probably not in our lifetimes, but where we see a decline in technology and stuff like that? No. No. Technology? No. no. Absolutely not. I mean, we would have to have a second Stone Age for that to happen. And or it's a catalyst like a nuclear it, yeah, war or something, something like that. Well, even nuclear war wouldn't even stop that because there are plenty of people, especially governments, who have like underground bunkers yeah. that can withstand nuclear explosions. They'll have the technology still. We would need a complete natural disaster that just to wipe out wipe out tons everything. of things. And even then, technology would still exist until the next wave of life exists, Whatever and then is. they find it. Or scraps, there'd be scraps. Yeah, know. scraps of like, you no, know, it's like, what is this metal? Exactly. And then you look at it, and it's soldered, and you'd be like, this doesn't look natural. You see a motherboard, and you're like, what is that? You know. What I mean? Yeah, you look, look at a whole computer that's just like kind of ripped apart, but it's just like, hmm, that's interesting. Right. You know, but it's there. <laughs> you know, before we didn't have that, we had to build that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it it would just be complete and utter overhaul of everything. So yeah. like a decrease. Probably not. I can't imagine that happening unless something horrific happened. Um, Sun flare or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but like a a dip, I could definitely see a dip happening, especially in China. Um, Because China, kind of current, China is having this largest... You remember back in like the early 2000s where they had like the one-child law? Yeah, one-child policy. The one-child policy, well, every family wanted a boy. Right, because mm-hmm. they wanted their their the family legacy to live on, right? The family name to live on. Well, what happens when you have a ton of 
dudes and not a whole lot of chicks. Exactly. You can't repopulate. You can't repopulate. Yeah. So they're kind of they're getting to the point to where all those dudes who were born during that one child policy stage, all of them are kind of growing up to the point to where like, hey, they should start having kids soon. There's not enough women in yeah. China. I mean, like that, and that's a huge issue. Yeah. Their population is either gonna plummet soon, or they're gonna need to start like. You know, there's going to be a mass migration out of China into all these other different countries nearby to, like, repopulate. But, I mean, China's population is probably going to dip either way. Either if they migrate out or if, you know, there's just not enough people to repopulate. So, and I just, I just feel like, you know, overall, just, you know, birth rates are just dropping so mm-hmm. steadily, you know, over the past years and years and years. Like, that's just such a big uh, underlying problem that not a lot of people are looking at. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big problem, especially considering that China's one of the main exporters of everything. They need yeah. to fill that workforce, and they're oh, yeah. not going to be able to. And Trevor, you were saying how like they need workers, but they simply just don't exist. Like they, they don't it, have the people. They have a massive mm-hmm. housing crisis over there right now. They Play have millions state, of apartments yeah. that are just empty. No one can afford, or no one's even like. There's not enough people. There's just not mm-hmm. enough people over not there. Middle class in, in like in like rural. Or not rural, um, like city, city type, like Shanghai, Beijing, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, like those areas. Yeah, that's rough. But like, go to like more rural, like farmland area. It's like China is so big. It we is. think we think about like the really dense, yeah. like tightly populated cities. Rural China is very, very large. It makes up actually most of China. I mean, there's still plenty of of opportunity for them to expand a workforce that's just not so densely populated to get other demographics, you know, people to migrate into the country to work. But I mean, I mean, look at Hong Kong, Beijing, Shanghai. I mean, those are pretty much all coastal cities on China. I mean, the closest thing next to them would be Taiwan. And I don't think Taiwan's really going to want to help China all too much. Definitely not. (laughs) That's for sure. Asia is definitely interesting for sure. That's, that's a region of the world where, Throughout history, it's uh, it's kind of been it's been to a been to the ringer. It's been through the ringer with the yeah. Japanese Empire, and then obviously, as recently as World War Two, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened over there? But I mean, when you just think about it in general, it, I mean, a controversial topic. But the Uyghur people that are enslaved in China right now, the Christian Muslims, um, it, it's just a shame. It, it really is. But I, I I can see why people wouldn't want to migrate to China. Yeah, because the government and, and stuff like that. Nothing against the Chinese people. I've met amazing Chinese people. I mean, they brainwash their people. They don't feed them. They start like this. Just they're not free at all. It is definitely sad. Like it's very sad. And uh, we're very privileged to be over here. And, and, not and you know what? Like they're brainwashed and don't even know it. I think I think a, a certain amount know it, but yeah. if you do anything about it, bro, you're, you're gonna wind camp. up in yeah. a camp with in a room with no windows. I mean, you're you're fucked. So I mean. Just one of those things where, again, we gotta be thankful for what we have over here, even though we have our issues here. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, it, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. You know, like it's it's not the best here. It definitely is not the best here. We have like we have a lot of issues here. That's for sure. But if you ask, not a Russian, on the same severity. If no, you, if you ask a Russian, not. hey, um, you know, you're 45. How was life growing up? Oh, I lost my freedom in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So. You know, saying ask have, a Colombian. Have, if anything, you gained a little bit of it back in the 90s, because that's when the USSR kind of dismantled. It so, dismantled, I mean, but it kind of morphed into something else entirely. Yeah, but it's not... It, the USSR was bad, bad. But, I mean, Russia is still not where we, you know, think a good, healthy 
place to live would be, but it's definitely much better than what it was in the 90s. But yeah, I, I get the point you're trying to make. A lot of, I'm not going to say Eastern countries, because I mean, there's still a lot of Eastern countries that are very well off. Japan, Korea, mm -hmm. North, or South Korea, um, Philippines, for the most part. I mean, those are still well, relatively well off countries. But there's a lot of countries in East Asia, like China, North Korea, um, um, Vietnam, for, yeah. for some parts. Um, Thailand. Thailand struggles. Like, I, there, there's... Not everything is, is, is all glitter and rainbows for those Eastern Asian countries. And when we think about, you know, Asia, we don't really think about Western Asian countries like Pakistan, um, Uzbekistan, India all those countries, like the Middle East, which are part of Asia, but I mean, that part of history is also just rich yeah. with, yeah. with culture Middle and East tons of stories. It, it's, world history is so fascinating. It really is. It really, which is, which is why I love history. But, I mean, it, everywhere in the world, it has their own issues, has their own histories, has their own, own cultural norms that shift and change with time. And, you know, it's just seeing how things develop and how things have changed is one of the reasons why history is so great is because you kind of get to learn from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, something that I would always have be like my main message is that history is just a story. And it's, it's, is there to not repeat the mistakes, you know? Yeah, and, his, and history repeats itself. It does. History repeats itself. But that's the great thing. The example that I use with the high school kids that I work with sometimes is that you know, here's the importance of history. If I was to have a lighter, right, if you were the first person ever to discover fire, right, and you see fire, and you put your hand in the fire, it's going to hurt like hell, isn't it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, once if you don't tell anyone anything about the fire, the next person is going to stick their hand mm -hmm. in the fire and going to burn themselves, right? How do you avoid that? By telling the right. history, right? <laughs> yeah. You burn your hand, you tell everyone, say, hey, yo, don't touch that shit, it's hot. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? No one's gonna touch it. They're, or they might test it out for themselves. Yeah, they, they're, they're, yeah, they're gonna test it. A bit. I don't believe you. <laughs> oh shit! Exactly. But that—that's the key of history, right? Is that you have to—you have to learn from what happened first, right? There's always gonna be oopsies mm -hmm. in life. There's always gonna be, but like that's how you learn from history. You have to use what you have learned in the past, right? Mm. I don't think we're ever gonna have another Adolf Hitler. No. Like, because that—that well, no, was—that no. was too big of an oopsie for people to be like, oh. Yeah, my like, bad. I feel like that would get shut down like real really quick. quickly. Yeah, I mean, if anything, if it does happen, it'd be hundreds of years from now when like we talk about Hitler the same way that like we talk about like uh, like Napoleon. Yeah, well, I mean, like we just don't understand the severity of it. Like now we do. Yeah, we we understand it now, but like Napoleon did some terrible shit. He did. He did. Yeah. Napoleon did some. But like Christopher Columbus, he fucking Columbus. Yeah, Columbus did a bunch of yeah. terrible shit. But like we look at them and we're just like, eh, it's just. Some dude, like we don't really think about. It. Like that's how people hundreds of years from now are gonna think about Hitler. It's gonna be like, yeah, he did some bad shit, but like he's just some random dude. And you know what? Like going back to Christopher Columbus, that's one thing. Like we're talking about schools and you know the curriculum earlier. They tell us about Christopher Columbus and the Mayflower was the first person to discover America. They don't tell us about how, what he did with Native Americans. They don't. I never heard about that in school. Rape, pillage. Right. I mean, they, 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 they literally destroyed. just stole a country. Genocide. <laughs> Genocide of the people. Like. Yep. That's I mean, crazy. It's, it's a shame, but like. That's history. It's sadly history. Some some government, some entity, some individuals back then made their choice, and but that's the thing that that was the cultural norm it back was, then. It was like that was just what was like 
Like, if we take our ideology and send it back 500 years ago... We'd be crucified. Yeah, we would, we would die instantly. They would, they would decapitate us. <laughs> like, we'd be like, hey, yeah, like, you, we shouldn't enslave black people or we shouldn't enslave anyone. This is like, I don't know who you are. Right, chop your Dead. arm off. Yeah, like, hey guys, how about a, a free and open society with open market <laughs> Dead. Okay, Dead. Yeah. the same like, snowflake shit that we have like right now. It's like, can you imagine like even like today, like you bring most of America's ideologies and you know just you know general like American norms into other countries like uh, you know, oh yeah, like like you go to Dagestan with that shit. Like they don't even know. Like like they were. T- I uh, I saw a reporter and he was talking to people about uh, in Dagestan and. Uzbekistan and um, like generally like also like the Caucasus region and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and like they're like, do you know what non-binary means? And, like they didn't know. Like, they, they, they didn't know. That's no. it. and that's just it those was, are those are cultural differences that exactly, we can yeah. see now, mm-hmm, like, right history. now, yeah. now in history, right? So, uh, in also another th- another thing, and then we can move on with with anything else we were gonna talk about. But like history, it's not just what happened. Hundreds of years ago, it's not what happened a decade ago. Mm. It's now. I mean, now is history, yeah. right? We can see the different things happening today in other countries that are just different from how we see it. And that cultural difference is part of history. It's part of the the, the overarching social science mm. uh, field, right? Yeah. Sociology, psychology, um, anthropology, history, um, economy. All that stuff, all that is embraced under, like, the way people think, the way people act, and how, like, things just work in life. That is that, that is social science, right? And those are the things that we, we study mm-hmm. and how, like, when we look back on things, like, even, like, yesterday, mm-hmm. we, we have to look at all these different aspects, right? Socially, what's happening, right? Psychologically, what's happening, right? With the individual person, sociology with the, with the group of people right economically what's happening politically what's happening right historically what's happening culturally what's happening these all these different little threads that make up a variety of different things and that's what makes history Mm -hmm. is that it's all it's a bunch of just little different strands of life that get mixed together and create this beautiful story Mm -hmm. and sometimes an awful one yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, either way it doesn't it's not, you know, good or bad at the end of the day. You can learn from it, you know, and you can study the patterns of history. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, the theory about the pendulum swing. Like, every mm-hmm. hundred years. Yep. Um, like, a not, like not, not natural, but like a man-made or just a really awful event is going to consume the world. Yep. Like, and we saw that, with, you know, World War Two and a hundred mm-hmm. years prior to that, I believe it was... Black Plague, right? Uh, no, it was... We had a... It was... Full of war as well, but eight, yeah, eighteen forty-eight, the the year of revolution, oh. when like eight, not eight, France, five, five different countries decided to revolt their government and caused like global issues. Yeah. And we're coming up on that hundred year mark again here pretty soon in about seven, eight years. So just something to like think about. You you were talking about how history is also in the moment now. So like decisions and choices that not only governments but the people make now affect what's going to happen in the near future but also the distant future. And it's just something to kind of keep in mind, I guess, because we're kind of trending in that direction of... We are. We uh, really are. Just a weird time. Everybody's against each other. Especially mm-hmm. in, in this country, everybody's against each other, you know? And that, that could very well be the next big pendulum swing. And I, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, Luke, but um, 
the average span for uh, for empires to to run is about two hundred fifty years. Mm-hmm. The United States of America is going on, I believe, two hundred forty eight years old, two hundred forty nine years old this year. Yep. So that that's that little that mark is coming up. So I, I don't know if we'll end. I don't know if the United States will ever you know have an event will make it fall through because, I mean, we're we're the I'm not gonna say we're the leaders of the world, but we are. We're, we're we, are. Like, we are. We are. Um, at least the Western world, we are. When we do something, people hear about yeah. it. Yeah, the whole world hears about it. No, there's there's definitely a chance that every country has its its mm-hmm. ups and its downs throughout history, right? Like, look at Britain. I mean, for the most, they ruled the world. Like, you ever heard the saying that the sun doesn't set in the British Empire? Mm-hmm. Because they had colonies all over the world to where they could see the sun at all times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wow. took they took over thousands of square miles of land they conquered almost the entire world that's crazy and now look at them they're like the small little like half island because they have to share it with another country i mean it, every country it has those rises right now america is they're at the top right. right they are the dude they are the dude it's only a matter of time every country goes up and goes down but now you're seeing the other countries are now steering away from the american dollar they're just starting their own currencies to trade yeah, like your European countries are doing that more now. Yeah, China's starting to do it with other countries, and I mean, what does that mean for the U.S. dollar? I mean, it's already going to shit, but U.S. U.S. economy has that same up and down cycle, just much quicker. It's right called now, a bus- it's, it's called a business cycle, and business cycles they go up and down multiple times a year. I mean, in no the the Great Depression, right? Nineteen like thirty, like thir- uh, twenty eight through thirty two, right? Was mainly the big chunk where we were just straight declining Mm -hmm. right that time frame right before world war ii had we had zero backing Mm -hmm. of of u.s currency Mm -hmm. zero like not even gold actually i think we did have gold but like gold was just so people were trying to find gold so much that the value of gold just dropped. dropped yeah so and we didn't have silver back then we didn't use silver as a backup currency so we just had this whole cycle of just <clears throat> economy. And, you know, who would want to back up a bad economy? Right now, we're in a bad economy, right? We're not as bad as the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? We're almost getting to as bad as, like, 2008. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost getting there. We're, we're probably, like, one or two big oopsies away from that. Yeah. Probably will happen, too. That we will. It, it will happen. Yeah. There I will mean, be a recession. Yeah. We'll hear about it in the next two, three weeks. I mean, the Congress is talking about it now, yeah. trying to avoid it, but... It could very, though, it could opinion. very, yeah, uh, it's, it, something like, this could either be the very bottom point, or this can just be the point where it's even going to drop off further, but, like, that's besides the point, but when economies are bad, global economies don't yeah. want anything to do with it, right? It's good for imports, right? Or, no, it's good for, for exports when your economy is bad, because if you're able to sell out things that you make in your country and people buy it for the low price because mm-hmm. your currency is a low price... You get wealth into the country, but that's not being distributed to the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the issue with most economy or economic issues now is that the government has money. Yeah. The government has a lot of money. It's just how that money supposed to get spread out to the people, which was the same issue in the Great Depression, is that the government had all of this money, but the banks fell and people had no money. So that's how you had like FDR who made jobs. Mm-hmm. He made programs to give people jobs so they can give out government money. We need Trump back, man. <laughs> really do. Like <laughs> Trump was good with money. I'll he was give very him that. good with the economy. He was the economy, at least, he was. He had our economy in, in, in a great, great spot. We were financially healthy, and 
it's been what three years now, and, and look at it. It's it's well, I mean, COVID hit. I COVID mean, that that's just hit. yeah. I mean, you can't do anything about that. But I mean, that was just a natural business. Yeah. Not no, that was not a natural business cycle. That was an unnatural business cycle. It's it called a, I think it's called, c- not cynical. Ah, I forget. It starts with a C, right? And it pretty much it's an unnatural business cycle that just tanks everything and that's what covid was it was mm-hmm. just it was very it tanked everything yeah. it tanked everything yeah and no one's we're, working we're still trying to climb our way back up it's it's kind of going up but it's not really i mean we we can visibly see it's gotten better right gas isn't nearly five dollars anymore <laughs> yeah it's still getting bad though still it's like three it's, it's like three higher. it's like 350 where we are right but it's not like five dollars a gallon where it was like fuck this i just won't go outside and guess what when no one goes outside no one spends no money one's it only gets worse so, so, um, obviously, uh, so we live in Sarasota, Sarasota, Tampa area, Florida, and the past, since COVID really, a lot of people are moving here, a lot. Yeah. And so you see a house that, you know, five years ago was worth 200000 now it's worth 450 Yeah. And, and, you know, so we're seeing it first, firsthand how bad the economy is getting. So because our economy is getting bad you know, does that affect the rest of the world's economy as well? Yes. Like, if our stuff's going up, then everybody else has to go up as well, right? Kind of. Um, the U.S. dollar reigns supreme. That's what, that's what I'm world, saying, yeah. Worldwide. So Everything if our, works on the U.S. dollar. If our economy is down, almost every other economy is going down as well. Um, unless they, like you said, they have their own currency and yeah. they have it backed by something else. Whether that's also gold or silver or whether that's another country's currency, right? Like, we... Most countries back their currency off of the U.S. dollar yeah. because mm-hmm. the U.S. dollar, for the most part, is stable. Mm-hmm. You know, stabilize prices. If the U.S. dollar starts to not stabilize, then countries will need to find another country who has a stable economy to back their economy. It's a it's a weird back and forth system. It's it's complicated economics that I'm not well versed in, mm-hmm. but at the very least, I can tell you that everything runs off the the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. Almost everything, every economy in the world. So. If the U.S. isn't doing good, globally, the world isn't doing good. Mm. And that's, again, probably gen- definitely because we're the world's reserve currency. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's the, you know, it reigns supreme. It's more valuable than any other currency. If you go if you go to, like, Venezuela or Colombia with 10000 U.S. dollars, you're, you're probably one of the wealthiest people in the country, like, off rip. But screw ten thousand, ten dollars. You're one of the wealthiest. People. Yeah, I mean, dude, in Colombia, they're literally burning their own money. It's just trash. Yeah, it's not worth anything. Have you seen the Zimbabwe notes that are worth like one hundred trillion of like their currency, the Zim- Z- the Zimbabwe dollar, or whatever? There's like you can find pictures of it. It's literally a banknote that says like a hundred trillion because they had hyperinflation, which is inflation that's like reaches over a hundred percent in one year. So like Oh my god. Crazy. Yeah, like we we complain about ten percent and like ten percent's bad. So they just 10%, fucked their economy basically. Well that, that was Zimbabwe was having a bunch of their own issues yeah. at the time because they had like um this dictator who did not give a fuck and like was like killing like almost all of his people and Jesus. just didn't care about the economy and that's how hyperinflation started. But I mean, yeah, I mean, some, you can walk into some countries with $10 and buy a house. Be, yeah, be praised there. 
But no, those countries who are typically economically not well off are usually socially and politically not well off as well. Mm -hmm. That which makes sense. It all kind of ties together because you said it perfectly with each thread being a part of the social science and that's probably a huge part of running a country because if you're running a country, you're essentially running a business Mm -hmm. and especially the American economy. But it's definitely something to think about that that makes up uh, a part of the equation to why some nations Mm -hmm. succeed and why some just fail utterly and need constant uh, help from other nations and stuff like that. But another thing I did want to ask you about, um, down the line in the future, mm-hmm. what's the number one place you want to travel to? You, you like mm-hmm. European history? Like, I, I think this is a good question. The, the, the best place you can learn the most and also have the best time. Ooh. Uh, you sound like you know your country, so I'm, I'm sure you're going to come up with a good answer here or something. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not very original. I plan, <laughs> I plan to go to Japan at some point. Yes, Ooh, Tokyo. yes, yes, yes. Not even. I want to go to Kyoto. Okay. Kyoto. Tokyo is too too dense and too polluted. It's crazy. For, yeah. yeah. I mean, the air there is really thick. I'd rather not be there. But Kyoto is. You have to wear a mask there, literally. Kyoto. Kyoto's nice. I also want to go to like northern Japan. Maybe. Um. Oh my God. I'm forgetting the name of it. it starts with an H. Not Hiroshima. Um. I forget. It's northern Japan because it's all countryside. It's really nice up there. Um. Sicily is another place where mm-hmm. I want to go. That's no, where my my ancestors were my my uh, my olive picking ancestors. <laughs> so you're Italian, fifty percent. Fours of Milan. Fours of Milan. And what's the other fifty percent? Uh, it's a mix of German, Irish, Polish. Oh, so you're a mutt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just think we're all mutts. Full European. I don't think I actually have any um English blood in me. So, but I mean, it's, 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 it's it's all the disgusting Polish and and, (laughs) and drunk Irish and all that nasty stuff in there. But But, going back to Japan real, real fast, they said how Japan was created. I'm quoting the movie here. The Last Samurai, Tom Cruise, 2003. Oh yeah, yeah. Great fucking movie. Great movie. Um, they said Japan was formed because a uh, samurai dipped his sword into the ocean and it just stayed there. Japan was literally like a katana that just mm. became an island. Like, just uh, doesn't not much logic to the story, obviously. Yeah, no. but just some cool lore, it's I cool, guess. Yeah. But um, any other countries that you or places you would want to visit that stick out to you? That stick out? Maybe um, maybe Mexico one time. I feel like Mexico. I feel like Mexican food, like authentic Mexican mm. food. Oh yeah. May just travel like just some of those like Central oh, and too. South American countries. I mean that'd be nice. That that that'd be nice because like um, I mean we're in Florida. We should probably have a little bit better linguistic skills in Spanish. Mm-hmm. We, should. I, I we should. We should absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. maybe Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. U.S. territory, but like um, those those are Caribbean countries. Some culture there, you know. Definitely. Oh, dude, they're so different but so similar at the same time. The reason why I'd want to go to those Caribbean countries is because their baseball. Like, mm-hmm. oh my, yeah. it's insane. A lot of players come from Puerto Rico. In Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic, Cuba, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Colombia, Venezuela, I mean, Ecuador, I mean, so many. That reminds me, Detroit and MLB, they signed a guy, like, right off the pit, like, right off the mound. Like, he came off, uh, he pitched uh, against two MLB hitters. Yes. And he struck him out. And it was, like, some 19-year-old kid. and Yeah, from, uh, oh. I can't remember the country. I don't want to say the incorrect one, but Nicaragua, you know, I think. I think it was Nicaragua. Like that. 
I think it was. And yeah, they signed him because he... Funny enough, I don't remember the exact two players that he struck out. But it was against Team Dominican Republic. And Dominican Republic, their baseball team during the World Baseball Classic was supposed to be the best team. It was supposed to be Dominican Republic, the U.S., Japan, Puerto Rico, and then just the rest of the other countries. Yeah. Right? And guess what? Nicaragua destroyed, destroyed Dominican Republic in their game. And the the kid who pitched that the Tigers signed, he struck out, like, two future Hall of Famers. Wow. Yeah, like, and, like, no, I'm not going to say with ease. It's probably not going to, you know, pretty much happen again, I can't imagine. I mean, it's still impressive, though. It's very impressive. I mean, you don't sign a guy after, you know, one inning because, you know, he got lucky. You sign him because the he stuff is there. Hall of Famers. The yeah. Stuff is there. You see the traits. You see, and he's young. He has upside. Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, bring him up. Nicaragua is one of those countries where, like, they're not known for their baseball. So, hmm. I mean, so it was a little bit of a surprise in a sense. Oh, big time. Okay. I mean, it was it was like a story for like a week. It was it was, a, it was kind of a big deal because it was just like this no name dude who we've never seen strike out two dudes who were eventually walk into the Hall of Fame, and he just. I mean, he posted. He posted, and it was impressive. So, I mean, good for him. But that's that's the beauty of baseball. You get your chance once, and don't miss it. So, I kind of want to go around the, the room with that question of what countries you want to ask, and then I kind of want to segue into more baseball because I'm interested in that. Logan, how about you? How about you go then? Yeah. So, oh, so do you know the the YouTube channel Yes Theory? Do you guys know them? I believe yeah. so. So these guys are all about you know. Getting out of your comfort zones. These guys, I've, I've seen videos of them with uh, Wim Hof. You guys know who that is? He's the Iceman. And he's uh, he has complete maximum power, human capacity over his mind. That man dips into below freezing water and will just sit there. And, oh, I think I have seen that. And, 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 and draws. That's it. He, he hikes mountains in just his yeah, the, draws. The adrenaline junkie, yeah. dude. Yeah, he, yeah. he climbed uh, Mount Everest in his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, so yes, theory. They're all about, you know, going to different countries and Getting new experiences. Like I've seen videos where they go to someplace in Russia, an unnamed town in Russia, and it's just there's a community there. Like they met some old ladies and stuff like that, and they're, and they're they're so nice there. Like everybody's like family. They take care of each other, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, so when I watch their videos, they kind of inspire me. But one video really inspired me, and uh, I forget the guy's name. It's the the blonde guy. I forget his name, but um, he went to I believe it was it was a Middle Eastern country. I think it was Afghanistan or, or Iran or something like that. But uh, he took a picture in a mirror, and he was wearing the full, I don't know what you call their their, their gowns. Yeah. But um, it, it just, like, spot, like, damn, like, I want to do that sometime. Like, I want to I want to dress there and just look in the mirror and just, like, damn, I'm, I'm dressed, like, in one of these outfits. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm part of the... You're, and, you're, taste, you're getting a taste of the culture. Right. And, and you know what? Like, he's, he has a connection with these people, and, and he, they can't communicate. They can't talk. But they're, they're humans. They, yeah. they have that human connection, you yeah. know? But, um, so definitely like a Middle Eastern country. I, I want to get new perspectives. And, and, you know, I'm not big into, you know, obviously, I, you know, I believe in God, but you know, everybody has their own religion, but I have my own beliefs. But, you know, I, I definitely want to go to different countries and see why they believe in what they believe in. You know, so I want to experience, you know, Muslim traditions and, and Jewish traditions and, and Catholic traditions. I want to go to countries where they're very, you know, enthusiastic about that. So, and in Japan, I want to visit Japan sometime for sure. I definitely want to go to Africa sometime and just see what it's like there to gain perspective, you know, yeah. and, and to gain more appreciation, I guess you could say, of what we have here, you know. Yeah. Um, Mexico, I've been to, I've been to uh, the Mayan ruins when I was little. Um, 
That's very cool. young, very young, so I, I couldn't really take it in when I was there, but ancient. I mean, the Mayan, the Mayan temples mm-hmm. are ancient. Mm-hmm. Um, but Egypt, I, w- I want to visit Egypt sometime. I, I, my, my dream is to see the, the pyramids. I don't think I ever will. I mean, I don't think anybody, but it's, it's rare, but you know, I definitely want to see you know, the, the pyramids sometime. But um, yeah, Japan, uh, Middle East, definitely Africa. Just, you know, I really want to go all around the country, or all around the world, really. Yeah. Um, but what about you, Kate? What, what countries do you want to visit? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up like um, like Middle Eastern countries and stuff like that because that is like like the two main mm-hmm. places I would love to visit is Mecca and Saudi Arabia. I just, I would love to go to Mecca. Mm-hmm. I just I love uh, Muslim cultures and everything like that. I love studying about Muslim cultures and I really started like like actually like reading up and and doing research on that uh, about like a year year and a half ago. And ever since then, I've just been really fascinated about it. And another place I've I've wanted to go, you know, my whole life, and even now it's it's gotten you know even stronger. I want to go there is Milan in Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of uh, their soccer teams, and it's just such a beautiful city. And um, you know, going going there in person that would be that would be a, a dream come true. So just Mecca and Milan in Italy. Um, I gotta say. Um, Athens, Greece. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I love Greece. I, I definitely want to go see where the first democracy um, came to life and fruition. Um, maybe also another place I really want to go visit is uh, the Bermuda Islands. Um, places that have like weird stories and like a lot of, I guess, legacy. And, and like you said, like you talked about, Luke, rich history. That, that really, that's what gets me. I would love to go and see where, um, you know, the Spartans were, you know, trained and, and bred and stuff. And I would love to go to, to Italy as well. Anywhere in Italy would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Rome or Capua. But um, I, I, I would love to just go to a very rich place with culture and history. Yeah. But Bermuda, that place catches my eye just because of the insane stories you hear that come out of that area in the world. Planes, ships just go missing there. I think uh, it would be a vibe. <laughs> Maybe go discover something. Like I, I think that would be a, like one of the coolest places in the world to go. You just want to, to come go. back and just be like, oh, you guys are overreacting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, but also maybe you see something out there that you didn't expect to. I just think that's part of the mystery about going and traveling places. You and know? then, and then you don't come back. Actually, <laughs> there, yeah. there was a SoundCloud rapper that, um, funny or not, funny, funny enough, he actually went to Bermuda, changed his name to the Bermuda Triangle on SoundCloud. And his music sounded like he was on, like, crack. Really? Like, he lost his mind in Bermuda. So, like, that's another reason why I want to go there. You know, uh, I just want to see what's going on. Two places, in the water. Two places that I, I forgot to mention. One of them is Peru. I, I definitely want to... Mm. I, pro- I probably should not be saying this in the podcast, but I definitely want to go to Peru and take ayahuasca there. I definitely want to take that rich. Oh, you can say that on the pod, um, bro. And another, another place is uh, Nepal. I definitely want to go to Nepal and experience, you know, the monks. And uh, honestly, right now, I'm thinking about it. I, I think my dream is to explore and find a country that I love more than America and end up staying there. I, mm. I, I would love to, I mean, look at Andrew Tate. I mean, I won't, we won't go into Andrew Tate because, you know, it's controversial, but that man, he's from here. He's from America, but now he, he, he loves Romania. And, you know, it's a country that incarcerated him, but he found his country that he loves and he stayed there. Yeah. Know? So that's, that's kind of a dream of mine. And, you know, I, but I definitely want to, you know, get more perspectives on, you know, what, what the whole world is like, you know, it's mm-hmm. so much, we're very limited in, what we can see from our perspective here. Yeah, everyone is mm-hmm. where they are. Exactly. You got to go find it. But great, great thing about history, right? It's one of the things that every country, 
I mean, you don't need to go to the country always to learn about it, right? Because you'll have firsthand documents people who are there mm-hmm. who can tell their story, right? Which is almost every paper, any kind of, of journal, book, um, publishing, anything to do with history or social science, it's always by primary sources. Mm. So you always get what other people have seen firsthand. You don't you don't get the second hand, oh I heard from so and so that they saw this. It's always right. I saw this and they'd be like, Well this person saw this you know. Imagine if we had the bird's eye view and perspective for every major event in history. Oh, yeah you know, that, you know the questions that would be answered. Mysteries that would be solved. How many more questions there would be, though? How did the pyramids get built? <laughs> there would be a lot more questions, you're right. Yeah, the pyramids are one of the true great mysteries. What's what's your favorite historical story? Historical like, story? Yeah, like just something that obviously they may not teach in formal schooling, but something you're seeking out in your mm. college studies. Mm. That's good. Um, I love... I didn't really get to learn all too much about... Alexander the Great. Mm. I mean, he was. Yeah. I mean, you only hear about him through like History Channel and like dumb stuff like that. But like, you don't really get to learn about him all too deep in like even college like formal learning because mm. there's just not too many courses on like that specific time. Gotcha. In history, but Alexander the Great. I mean, he was a dude. He 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 was him. He named multiple cities after himself. Correct. I mean, yeah. I know he had Alexander in Egypt. Alexandria. Um, Alexandria, excuse me. And then I know he, ha- he tried to attempt another one, correct? I don't know that one, but... Okay. I mean, but he was he was him. He was the greatest warrior in that time, period. Like, no one's even close. He was a conqueror. Like, he... Like, you know, Genghis Khan is, like, the more, like, modern-day conqueror? Like, he conquered, like, hunt thousands of miles. Yeah. All across, like, Russia, Mongolia, China... Um, Korea. Dozens of nations. Yeah, he he almost made it to the Middle East. I mean, he was, he conquered so much land. He's the only dude to invade Russia and not give a fuck. Yeah, (laughs) he's the only person to ever invade Russia and win. I mean, and and like, Genghis Khan is him. Alexander the Great is him. He he gave no fucks. He conquered more land than almost anyone. He was a demolisher. He was a dog. He He was a dog. He got Northern Africa... Some of the Middle East, and then obviously solidified, like what we know as Rome being like some of Spain, Italy, mm-hmm. like partially of like Macedonia. Most of Europe, okay. most of the Mediterranean, wow. a large part of Northern Africa, most of the Middle East. I mean, he took everything. That's so crazy to think about. And, and it was like, was he like, I guess that figure of that time? Yeah. Like, he was him? He was him. <laughs> he was like... When you when you learn about like Roman or pre-Roman history, it's Ramos and Romulus, which are like the the, the two brothers that founded Rome. Okay. Um, Alexander the Great, and then before that were like the Greek philosophers, like um, um, oh my fuck, I'm blanking, but like Aristotle. Yeah, Aristotle. Um, um, Socrates. Um, I mean. There's one. There was one guy who who was the philosopher of sex. He was kind of funny. Um, I forget his name though. It's a cool job. Cool job. Big job. <laughs> um, but like the Greek philosophers, I mean, like those were the guys who defined that era of European history. It was the philosophers, um, Alexander the Great, and then Ramos and Romulus. I mean, those dudes just those were the the 
if you had to like a take a picture and have it describe the entire area, it'd be like those three. Guys. They would describe that fifty year to hundred year period, maybe even longer. Thousand, thousand, thousand year yeah. period. Yeah, they I mean, impacted that that much. That's insane. I mean, in like Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar might be the only other dude who you take a picture of and be like, that that was Rome. Yeah, yeah. that was Rome. He he has an interesting story. He was uh, passed the torch to protect the city of Rome, but he never gave up his power. Correct? Or, or was am I thinking of a uh, another? Um, I think I think you're on the right line. I do remember him. I think he created a position to to handle his responsibilities while he was gone, but he was still in charge. Okay. I think I think that's what it was. I I, I could easily be wrong on that because my my ancient Roman history is not all too great. I would love to learn more, but I'm pretty sure he created a position for someone else to hold in his spot while he was gone doing stuff because he went to Africa a lot. Yeah, he went to Egypt a lot. So, um, why was he conquering as well, or was he? No, he was. Um, um, who well, was the Cleopatra? Cleopatra, he was smashing. Ah, they were big smashing. <laughs> he'd go. He'd go there a lot. He'd do business deals. He would just go there just to say hi. He was looking for the the library of Alexandria. Oh, we already talked about that in the show. Yeah, he. Yeah, he was. He was down there a lot. I mean, he he traveled what? to to northern Africa quite a bit. What happened to the library of Alexandria? Is it lost? Yeah. Um, we don't even know if it truly exists. We think it does. Um, but what we assume happened is there is a, I saw a great clip from the Joe Rogan podcast about one of the guys who came on, one of the guys who came on and he was explaining how we think about like Atlantis, right? It's like, oh, it's fictional and everything, right? But he's like, well, if we can kind of, there was a story that, um, Someone close to Julius Caesar, I forget who exactly it was, but there was someone close to Julius Caesar who told this story to someone. Pluto. Pluto, yeah. yes, Pluto. Yeah. It was Pluto. Um, and he was telling the story about how thousands of years ago there was this great storm that engulfed um, like this entire land and it was like this great catastrophe and everything. Mm. And like we're able to date that exact catastrophe back, like down to like a 10-year span. Right? Wow. And then the story that Pluto, I think it was Pluto's dad who told Pluto. I could, I also could be wrong, but like the story was that Pluto's dad was saying how there was once a very rich civilization that once lived, um, that, that was once like it was, it was thriving, it was beautiful and everything. And then it was washed away in a great storm. And then mm-hmm. we can, we know that there was in fact a great catastrophe freight flood uh, storm that washed away parts of Africa so like we think that like Atlantis could probably be maybe a yeah. real place at some point in history we just don't know mm-hmm. because just, I, I, I believe it and and that maybe the library of Alexandria could be in that kind of like it could hidden have, it could have been there it could have been there it could have been there so I mean it's all theoretical we don't we don't know anything like we can we can date back like oh what great historical natural event happened like we can we can go back and we can carbon date all of that shit there's also a great fire in alexandria it started on a dock and it spread into the center of the city and a lot of people think that's that's what happened to the that was i think library. that was also man-made i think that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. i definitely remember hearing about that i think that was a man-made one speaking of atlantis um you know we've barely discovered what's in our ocean 
So, I mean, it's definitely possible that it, there's something that is down there and we just haven't discovered it yet. Like, I mean, five, I think it's something crazy, like, like 6%. 3 to 5% yeah. that we yeah, discovered in the ocean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know much about the ocean. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anyone does. No. No one does, um, yeah. But. Except for Jamie Wade. Except for Jamie Wade. Jamie Wade. <laughs> River monsters. Well, more, he, he knows more about the rivers, honestly. But maybe the oceans, too. I don't know much about the ocean, but the ocean is vast. Very vast. Deep. It's deep. It's, like, who knows? Maybe Atlantis is down there, but it's, like, not even, like, what we remotely think it is. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, maybe, like, we envisioned it as, like, this great civilization because we heard it from Pluto that it was a great civilization also. Unless it was just, like, a crappy little, like, townhouse and, like, a yeah. bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. we'd have no, like, we wouldn't even be able to see it if we were looking straight at it. We'd just be like, that just looks like wood. There's mm-hmm. also another side to that coin where it's something we could never have imagined. Never like could've... something that would have been like, well, what the fuck? It's yeah, so great. I, I mean, there was some. I mean, you mentioned it perfectly. If you guys want to learn more about this, Joe Rogan has a bunch of like experts on. And Luke, you're gonna be an expert one day, so we'll definitely need you to, you know, get more in tune on some of this Ugh. stuff for sure. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to take some time away from watching anime and actually do some, some <laughs> so, real research. Speaking of that real quick, uh, Luke, have you ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender? I've seen the show, not the movie. Okay, Good. yeah, don't watch Good. the movie. <laughs> I have. I've only heard bad things about the movie. Okay, yeah. Horrible. I'll just make it sure because you know, that sounds like a show that you'd love. Well, I loved it. Yeah, I did love it. Dude, if you don't remember, remember, um, remember the Pong table that I used to have? Yeah. And it was blue on one side and it was red on the other side and it said Agni Kai in the middle. Ah. ah. And then and then Stowe decided to jump on it, <laughs> snap it in half. Shout so. out Tyler Stowe. <laughs> what a night that was. Broke my pong table. <laughs> but I, I did before this runs on too long, I did kinda wanna segue into a little bit of baseball. I do love well. baseball, okay. Yeah. So um why don't you just talk about what's been going on so far in this season and you know, thoughts of the champion and talk about your fancy teams as well. Oh yeah. Um I'll I'll start with the, the the key highlights of the season so far. The Rays. The Rays. The Rays <laughs> the Rays are they're looking mighty impressive. They did lose the series, I think, against Baltimore. I think they only played a three game series. They could have played a four game series. I might be wrong on that, but um they still have the best record in baseball. Good. By far second best record does go to the Orioles, who are my sneaky pick to win it all this year. Mm. Okay. Um, my Orioles. I was rooting for them before the season starts, not a bandwagon, I promise. <laughs> um, another surprise team, the Pirates. They've they've been scuffling a little bit lately, but I mean, how, how do I even compare the Pirates to anything for for non baseball people? That's like um, that's like the Jets being like the best team for what like three four weeks. Like the Jets. <laughs> I'm a Jets fan, and I can say that about the Jets because they they fucking suck. This year they might be good, but I mean they're pretty bad. <laughs> Exactly. Historically, they've been bad. Historically, they've always been bad. This, this, right? this decade. But then just imagine, decades. just imagine, just for some reason, that, like, they just decide to just be the best team in the National League for, like, well, in baseball, the National League, for, like, three weeks, four weeks. They're at top of their division. They held the best record in, in the NL for weeks at a time. They're probably projected to make the playoffs somehow <laughs> i don't get it it's it's the biggest surprise of the season weren't they awful last year they were terrible okay. them and the reds are just like the embarrassment of baseball okay 
And for some reason, the Reds also won their series against the Mets today, which I will also go into the Mets later because they're also an interesting story. But, I mean, the Pirates were so bad. They've been bad for the last, like, seven years. Hmm. In 2015, they were really good. 2016, they were really good. Made a couple playoff appearances. But then after that, it's just been blunder after Mm -hmm. blunder after blunder. Trade away all of your top players. Trade away your... your, um, Tyler Glass now, and your Austin Meadows, and your um, oh my God, uh, your your Garrett Coles, and your all these other just elite players who come up through this shitty farm system, end up being superstars, and then trade them away for like nickels and dimes. You know it's funny, like I don't know much about baseball, but all those players you named, I I've heard of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I I know they're probably they're all pretty good. Yeah. Trade away Andrew McCutcheon. Trade away um. Last night on the Rays, no. Glass now is on the Rays. Yeah. He he was traded to Pittsburgh, uh, traded from Pittsburgh to the Rays for Chris Archer. When Chris Archer was really good in 2016, I think. I miss Chris Archer. Yeah, I have a Chris Archer bubblehead. <laughs> Chris Archer was really good. He was really good for many years, but for some reason, when he went to Pittsburgh, he just sucked. He, he, he's out of the league now. I'm, I'm assuming. He's um. I think he's. I think he's still in the league. I think he's just hurt, but he could very easily be out of the league. I haven't heard anything about him in a, in a year or so. Hmm. But, I mean, Chris. So Baltimore's your dark horse. Oh, yeah. Your dark horse championship team. Yeah. Who's maybe an MVP that you think is kind of taking it away this year? There's it's two MVPs in baseball. Two yeah, MVPs? Yeah, there's two, yeah. There's okay. one for the AL, one for the NL. It's a little, it's a early, it's a little early to say. For the NL, it's looking like a landslide. It's going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. who's on the Braves. He's a beast. He's hitting, like, so I'm going to give you guys an MLB average, and then I'm going to tell you what, like, this guy is doing. Okay. The MLB average for batting average is, like, 250-ish, mm-hmm. right? You can go up to the plate four times. If yeah, you get one hit, you're average. Mm-hmm. This dude's hitting 360. <laughs> That's... Over a hundred points. He's hitting over a hundred points higher Jeez. than the average hitter. That's crazy. Fucking crazy. <laughs> there's, a, there's a beautiful stat in baseball. Um, it's called OPS plus. It is a measurement that 100 is average. That mm-hmm. is your average baseball player. Just average fucking Joe Schmo. Mm. And then every number above that is how many percents better you are than the next person. Okay. And then any number under that is how much percent you are. Worse than the average player. Gotcha. Let me quickly look up his OPS plus while I'm talking about him because he is just beautiful. But Ronald Acuna Jr., he's hitting a disgusting 360. He's he already has like seven, eight home runs. He has like thirteen stolen bags. It's crazy. He is he is running away with the MVP votes um, so far. Definitely seems like an all-purpose kind of guy. Oh yeah, he's he's a spark plug. Last year he was hurt. He um he was coming back from a torn ACL, so he just wasn't himself last year. Is, it, is that common in baseball? Torn ACLs? I'll talk about that later too. Yeah, I do. There, there, there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of injuries in baseball. Um, let's see here. Ronald Cunha Jr.'s OPS plus is I gotta find it. It's in the advanced stats. Is a cool 173. Oh my which God. 73% better than the average baseball player. Oh my God. That is insane. <laughs> Most all stars are like 30% better than the average baseball player. Double that. He's last year Aaron Judge, last year's MVP, mm-hmm. which 
two. He had an OPS plus of two oh five. It was a hundred and five percent better than the average. Oh he had to been taking something. Like, no. no way. Well, he's a six foot seven. Yeah, he's, he's a physical freak. Behemoth. He's a mammoth man. He is, he, he's he a is. huge human being. When he's on the plate, he's like massive. That's a, that's huge. a guy that could have played any sport. Literally, he did. Yeah. He he was a three sport athlete in high yeah. school. I think he played basketball, football, and baseball. Yeah. For some reason, he's like, I'm gonna go play baseball. More it's money. Like, he's making more money. Great That's for baseball. Way easier for him. Oh yeah. Way more physical. Way, way less physical. No, toy. baseball is such a. I'll, I'll get into that. Baseball is such a terrible sport for your body. But it I'll, is, I'll talk is. about that in a, in a minute. But Ronald Cunha Jr. definitely the the runaway MVP for the NL. For the AL, it's a toss up between quite a few guys. Um, Wander Franco on the Rays. Mm-hmm. He's been of electric. Yeah, the beast. He's he's been I'm not gonna say the spark plug because everyone on the race has been doing great. Brandon Lau. Brandon uh, Brandon Lau's not an MVP kind of guy yet. He's been doing good though. A couple years ago he was. A couple years ago he was he was in consideration. He was him. Um, I'm trying to quickly think. Adley Rutschman on the Orioles. He was really good. Garrett Cole on the Yankees. He was really good. A lot of the um, American League East division they each have a guy who can mm-hmm. be an MVP. Boba Shet. He's a good MVP Boba candidate. Boba Shet. Boba Fett? <laughs> no, not Boba Fett. Boba <laughs> Shet. He's a he's the shortstop for the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. I mean, yeah. just two walk-in Hall yeah. of Famers could easily Easy. be it. I mean, the AL is a little more competitive, but I mean, I would probably have to say it's gonna be. Shohei Otani right now, okay. Of course, he's he's a, he's a fucking yeah. unicorn. One kind. <laughs> he's he's never seen it before in your entire life. So is he like the Giannis? No, so he's better. He, no, there's no comparison to show it. Imagine LeBron. The closest comparison I can give would be like Bo Jackson. Wow, Bo Cause, Jackson. Because Bo, because Bo Jackson, if Bo Jackson strictly played played baseball, he would have been a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. If Bo Jackson simply just played football. He'd just be like, yeah, he's a really good football player. Right. It's the fact that he was able to do baseball and football at such an elite level is what made him such a fucking freak of nature. I don't know. I think if Bo didn't mm, hurt his hip, football player, yeah, yeah. if he didn't hurt his hip, he probably would have been one of the best running backs of all time as well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he he was insane. Like, But that's the thing. Shohei Otani, it's it's incredible what he's doing because no one's ever done it to Extra this level. pitcher and hitter. He is elite. Best at both. Yeah. 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 When you talk about pitching, he's... Always, he's going to be a Cy Young contender yeah. every single year. It's like the best pitcher that year. Every single year he pitches, he's going to be up there. Yeah. Like just doing that alone is impressive. That right there is a thirty million dollar a year pay stub. Right. That mm-hmm. right there, just being an elite pitcher. And on top of the hitting. Uh, yeah, on top of that as a hitter, let me also look up the OPS plus for Shohei Otani because it's also just disgusting. But he's an elite hitter every single year as well. He's still young too, isn't he? Turning twenty nine this year, and he's, he's gonna he's, he's going into free agency this year as he's well. Still got like ten about years a, left he could play, honestly, but if he stays healthy. The, Talk about uh, a big guy too. How, how tall is he? How tall is he? Yeah. He is six foot four. Six foot four. Oh, he yeah. is also humongous. Mm-hmm. His OPS plus is one hundred and forty one. For a pitcher, that's for yeah, a pitcher. That's impressive. <laughs> for a pitcher, it's like it makes it. I saw a great thing. It was like, you know, it kind of sucks when the dude who just went three for four off you with a home run and a couple of doubles also just goes out there and strikes, and strikes, you, yeah, strikes you out two times a night. It's yeah. just like, that's just not fair. He is a unicorn. Well, he's going to get a shit ton of money this offseason, huh? He might be the first, he might be the highest, he might get the highest contract in North American sports ever. Probably, yeah. Wow. They, it's projected 600 million right oh now over God. 10 years. Uh-huh. 
How does how does baseball have that money? No salary cap. Well, there's there's a salary cap. It's just not a hard cap. It, there's like, oh, there's, no like a, there's a okay. it's like a there's like a tax threshold you get into. But I mean, like this dude, he is literally two players combined. Yeah, he is two play. So like, people were saying at bare minimum, five hundred million dollar contract. Fuck that. They'll overpay for him. He yeah. he'll get he. There's a good chance he might get seventy million dollars a year. Yeah, whoever gets him is gonna overpay. Wow. They're gonna have to. Just wow. It's it is insane. Like I don't think people who don't watch baseball like they hear Shohei Otani, they're like, yeah, yeah, what he's doing is cool. No, 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 no. It is literally groundbreaking. It, it's it's history. It, yeah, it's it's history. It's no. something like this will probably never happen again. Like there'll be dudes who can do both. Right? There's a guy on the but Tigers. Not at the level that he does it. Yeah, there's a guy on the Tigers. His name is Michael Lorenzen. He tried doing both. Mm-hmm. He sucked at both. <laughs> now he's just a pitcher, and he sucks at pitching. So. <laughs> Right? So do you think um, Shohei will get re-signed or go to a new team? He'll go to a new team. This this is where this is where the the like, giga brain thinking comes in. He's on a losing team right now. Yeah. The Angels. They they continuously find ways to lose every year. Mm-hmm. So and he's been playing with Mike Trout for he the last was, yeah, six years. Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout is also a unicorn. He's yeah. he's a first ballot he's Hall of Famer, no yeah. question. There's there's a there's a statistic in baseball. Everything in baseball is a fucking statistic. Yeah. But there's a statistic in baseball. It's called WAR, wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. That means how much better you are than a replacement level player. Mm-hmm. To get into the Hall of Fame, if you have a career WAR of like sixty, you're usually in. He is only eleven years going. Like he's going into his eleventh year, maybe twelfth year of baseball. He already has a career war of like eighty something. Oh my! He is going. He is going to be in the top ten in war all time when he retires. Who's he, number one? Babe Ruth. Mm, yeah, makes sense. Well, Babe. Well, also, remember when Babe Ruth was playing? He was playing against yeah. like fucking plumbers and shit. Yeah. I mean, like they weren't real baseball. Playing against you and me. <laughs> yeah, like like fucking like hey hey kid, would you like to be the shortstop for the Yankees? <laughs> like that fucker. Like Will Chamberlain playing basketball. Yeah, it's just some random fuckhead. So. I mean, we've come a long way in terms of what replacement level yeah. is now, but I mean, career war-wise, it's, it's astronomical what Mike Trout does. But it just makes Shohei Otani look even better because he's better than Shohei Otani mm-hmm. hitting-wise. Mike Trout is, but Mike Trout can't throw a fucking baseball 100 miles an hour with spin, cut, and slide like that's it's crazy. a fucking wiffle ball. Yeah, yeah, that's insane to even think about. When you break those numbers down, did you want to go into like the attrition on like the body, your body, yes. Injuries Injury, and stuff? Yes. Yeah, injuries. It's nothing in baseball besides maybe squatting is a natural movement. Mm-hmm. Nothing in baseball is a natural movement. Everything is torque, twist, elbows, um, like hips, elbows, hips, elbows, ankles. elbows, wrists, shoulders, shoulders hips. Yeah. Um, obliques, calves, knees, ankles, everything is fucked in baseball. There's not a single... Uh, I'll, I'll stand up so I can show it, but, like, I'll, I'll try my best to explain as I'm doing it. When you hit, the first motion you do is that you're putting all of mm-hmm. your entire body weight on your back hip. Mm-hmm. All of it. I'm a 210-pound fat fuck. <laughs> Right, putting two hundred and ten pounds on my back is a lot of weight. That's a lot of fucking weight. Yeah. Right, and you hold this until you put everything Uh. down, and then in this exact moment, you are then firing your hips as fast as you can in one direction, putting all this torque on your knees and your hips, and then you're then going to strain your fucking obliques 
to try hitting a baseball fucking 400 and that, feet. And then that's your elbows and your wrists. Yeah. Yeah, your, your elbows and wrists come from throwing, but like that's just the most basic hitting. It's, it's all hips, knees, um, oblique. Oblique is not fun to hurt. No, it is terrible. I can imagine. Tati, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., he fucking threw his arm out of his socket oh. a couple years ago swinging the baseball back because he swung too hard and his shit just popped oh. up. Mm. Like, it's... It, it's just not, nothing about this is a natural motion whatsoever. Plus, <laughs> add that into how many games is there in the regular season? 162 games. Jeez. Add that plus, plus practice. how many times are you hitting a game? You roughly hit four times a game. You, if, if you play every day, and if you're hit at the top of the order, which means that you get like the most amount of at-bats, you're getting 600-plus plate appearances a year. Jeez. Plate appearances. Not at-bats. Right. Yeah. Plate appearances is when you don't walk. So at-bats is in the thousands. No, not quite in the thousands, but like you can easily get a seven hundred at bat season. It is it is it is tough. That's long. It is very very, and that that's so much torque and twist and extension, and that's just from hitting. That's not the pitchers who have to go onto the mound every fifth day, thirty five times a year, and then for that, it's also it's the same thing. It's a lot of hips, ankles, knees, but your fucking elbow. Oh my god, the way you throw a baseball. Is that you lead with your elbow? Sounds like throwing your elbow at a socket. Essentially. Yeah, you're 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 pretty much holding your arm like this mm. for as long as you can to create so much tension, <sighs> and then you flip like this. Yeah, you you literally you're it's like a catapult. It yeah. literally it's a, your arm is a fucking catapult, and you're like this, and then if you want to twist the baseball to <sighs> give it movement, then you're gonna fucking roll your shit over like I this. Imagine the tendons and. Yeah, the tenants are firing literally, just it, on fire. Like, <laughs> in football and in basketball, it's ligaments, like, it's like, like knees. Well, okay, well, well, okay. Let me put it this way: in, like in football, if you get hurt, most of the time it's because you got fucking rocked, yeah. right? Like you got hit, you know, your shit's bruised. Maybe you snap something. Maybe it's like a bone fracture or a broken leg. A bro- broken Bro- legs heal normally. Yeah, broken leg, right? In baseball, your fucking ligaments explode. Yeah. That's not, they explode. Literally, like, rendered useless for the rest of your life until you get it replaced. Uh, in, in football, it's, you know, like, if you tear your ACL, if you did it, like, 10, 20 years ago, you might have an issue now, but it's so common nowadays. If you tear your ACL, like, you see guys coming back in eight, eight months better. Better than before. tore his Achilles and came back. Six and, months. Like, yeah, six, six months. months. Like, yeah, that's, no, that's unheard of that's 10 years insane. ago. There, five years ago. There, yeah. there are pitchers who, when they... So, in baseball, if the hitter hits the ball towards first base, right, and the first baseman needs to go field the ball, the pitcher is supposed to run over and cover the base for the first baseman. Mm-hmm. When that happens, there's a chance that the runner will step on the Achilles of the pitcher. Uh. And in baseball, they have metal spikes. Uh. It's not rubber. It's not... It's just metal just going through your Achilles. Metal going straight through your fucking uh. Achilles. So not only do you probably like roll your shit and sprain it, your Achilles is gone. It's shredded. And that's happened a couple of times. It's horrific to see every single time because it's clearly painful. Yeah. And then take into account getting hit with a baseball guy at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. They're not... Pitchers who suffer like Achilles or knee or shoulder or elbow stuff, they're not... They're not themselves for at least two years. Yeah. It takes them at least two years to finally get back to like somewhat of what they were. And like you can't forget about the catchers. They're always squatting. Man. Ca- it's imagine your knees over time. I, I was a catcher. You were a catcher. Yeah. I was a catcher in baseball. My knees are still fucked. Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, knees, hips, yeah. because it's not just squatting. Again, I'll I'll kind of get into a position here. You're not just like this, 
If it was just like this, this would be fine. But kind instead, of on your heels, right? No, you're not on your heels. You're on the inside part of your feet. So uh, you're sitting here like so your knees, like this. yeah. And if you feel this, it's it's not it's here. not natural at it's all. Here, your hips, and your pelvis, hips, yeah. knees, pelvis, ankles, right? And you sit there like this. And then oh oh, buddy dropped or buddy threw the ball into the dirt. Now I need to slam both of my knees onto the fucking ground. And, and that, try to save the ball. Yeah, and now I just need to have the ball fucking hit me directly into the fucking chest. Yeah, that that sounds like a lot of just <laughs> overtime wear and tear on, like you said, your ligaments, your everything. Nothing in baseball is a natural movement besides squatting. That mm-hmm. is the only natural movement you do in baseball that is somewhat healthy for you. Everything is meant to fucking destroy your body, wow. which is a miracle that dudes play over 10 years. Yeah. Over five years, like honestly. Verlander, or I mean, I don't know how some of these guys are still doing it. Or yeah. Bartolo Colon with his forty-five. A little his fat ass. Fun yeah. fact: Scooter McGovern. I don't know if you know who that is. Scooter McGovern played for the Reds, but he Scooter Jeanette. I think so. That Sco- might. Be I know he lives around here somewhere. He lives yeah, right yeah, behind Scooter Jeanette. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Scooter. Yeah, it's Scooter Jeanette. He bought uh, one of my old friend's house and property, and mm-hmm. we used to go out hunting with him out back there. We, we, Fucking cool guy. I don't know if he still plays or anything, but just... he um he plays in minor league baseball. I forget what team he plays for, but he does still play. Um, Scooter Jeanette had one of the greatest games a baseball player could have. I think he hit. I think he hit a four home run game. Wow, oh my God! <laughs> it, was, it was either three or four. I think it was four because it was like really impressive. But who pitched? I, multiple dudes. <laughs> but I mean, oh, wow. four, four home run game is is no three home run game is impressive no matter what. Four home run game is like. Unheard of. Hitting, it's like Clay Thompson hitting 14 threes in one game. More than that. Yeah. More than that. It's, it's insane. So, I mean, he, he had an impressive game once, but like his career overall is okay. That's like Holland scoring nine goals in one game. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it is. Like four home runs. That's, that's one home crazy. Run. One home run is, is good, yeah. One home run in a game, and you're fucking happy for yeah. like the week. Two home runs in a game, and you're not, re- you're not forgetting that shit for like a yeah. year. Three home runs in a game, you don't forget it for a lifetime. Forever, four, yeah. four home runs in a game, that fourth ball is... You're immortalized. Yeah, that, that ball is staying somewhere for a while. It's in the Hall of Fame, probably. Not in the Hall of Fame. Not quite. Not quite Hall of Fame. Four Five home runs. the baseball is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no. Still no. No, no. Not, not not quite. But it's like... that. It deserves a good spot on your mm-hmm. shelf. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. That that that, that ball is it's in the most protective air-sealed case possible. <laughs> that you have. Yeah. Scooter Jean? Jeanette. Jeanette. Really cool guy. Rides ATVs out there. Has a bunch of guns. Really cool fucking dude. Yeah, still um, him shooting. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the time. Um, but, Luke, I, I think this is a perfect place to wrap it up. I really appreciate you for coming on and giving us your time. This was probably our best episode yet. No I agree. Slight on anyone else. Honestly, I think we got to get Ty on with Luke to talk oh, about history. 100%. That'd be I a, think that would be prob- that'd probably be even a better episode. It would be, definitely, because, I mean, you have a lot of knowledge, and we appreciate you for sharing uh, some of this stuff with us i didn't i learned a lot today i really me appreciate too. it yeah. I, so. I, I just got lucky that i knew everything that you were going to ask me before you asked that's all it was Good. are you a psychic could be maybe <laughs> we got we have a psychic history teacher anime. coming soon here yeah i'm, I'm gonna and, yeah i'm gonna be a history teacher <laughs> you're gonna show your kids anime well actually one last question do you want to be like a teacher in like grade school or high school or do you want to like work up to that professor status in a oh, sense fuck fuck professors okay <laughs> no okay Definitely a high school teacher. Yeah. You taking phones? Depends. <laughs> I mean, okay. like I uh, like you gotta set you gotta set the bar. They're good for some things, but like you know, no distractions. Yeah, yeah. If, I'm, if I'm trying to if I'm trying to tell you something important, I see you exactly. fucking on here on Tinder Watching swiping TikTok. left and right. I'm gonna be like, bitch, give me that 
or fucking watching phone. someone shaking their ass on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Some shit like that. You never know nowadays. But again, Luke, thank you very much for joining us today. And we definitely, you're, you're welcome on anytime you want. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Oh, this and, was fun. Oh, yeah. And to all of our listeners out there in Belgium, Netherlands, West Africa, Australia, Japan. And hopefully Japan. Hopefully we get some new viewers from other countries. It's really awesome to track that. And we really appreciate everyone's support for tuning in and stuff. And Caden and Logan, thank you guys as well for joining in and contributing here. Is there anything you guys wanted to say to our listeners out there? Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in. And just stay with us. Stay with us. Stay with the grind. You know, we'll be we'll be at the, we'll be on top soon. Oh, indeed. Be there, and you you'll want to be there with us on day one. So stay Absolutely. tuned. Thank you guys. Take care. Peace.